Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What a day. Aaron Judge hits number 62. We will get reaction from Roger Maris Jr. And by the way, will y'all stop with the Roger Maris Jr. criticism? Twitter and other social media platforms just have to complain about something. But first, you know, I have been home by myself for the last few days. My wife went to go see her daughter at Harvard playing softball, then took off for a few days from there to go see one of her best friends, her best friend actually in Florida. Make sure she was doing well and then going back to Harvard. So I, it's just been me and the dog, Jared. My stepson stays with us, but he is hunting in Michigan. So it's just been me and this pooch. And I want you to look at my dog. Name is Lula. Got her out of a trash bin. Very cute dog. Very obedient dog. Very well-trained dog because, well, frankly, my wife knows how to get her done. A very cute. Every day it's me and Lula. She sleeps in a cage. And if you don't like that tough, that's our world, not yours. I feed her, I walk her, I feed her in the afternoon. We don't let her climb on things. She's not our fur baby or all the other idiotic things you people that have dogs and lose your mindset. And she's really cute, as I said. But I don't like it. I'm not a dog person. I don't like it. See that pose right there? That's all the dog does all day. In fact, Lula's sitting over there right now watching Aaron Judge's highlights of his home run. And then he'll shoot, will start barking when a dog or any type animal comes on. I know all of you love dogs, and I love the fact that you do, and I think it's wonderful. I am compassionate towards dogs. As I said, you know, uh, we did what you're supposed to do. We got a rescue dog. Neighbors found a litter or whatever you call dogs in a garbage can, and guess what? We bought one. And it's great. My daughter, same gene as I, doesn't really like it. My son loves the dog. My stepkids love the dog. I am ambivalent. You should love that dog. But I don't. And it hit me today. All that dog does is stare at me. I watched a movie last night called Vertigo. It's an old school Alfred Hitchcock movie. Lula and I went for a long walk, three-mile walk. I got bad knees, but we went. Then I did a lot of leaf blowing. You know what I'm saying. Then I did all kinds of other stuff. Like what you ask? Well, I will tell you. I did the laundry. I cleaned the house. I scrubbed things. I did. Then I poured myself just a little bit of tequila. I know it's supposed to be a non-alcohol, but my knees were humming. And I turned on classic movies. I said, find me a classic movie. I watched Vertigo. In the middle of the movie, for whatever the reason, a dog started barking. And it was a pain in the backside. Enough about the dog, but I want you to know, uh, good for you all that you are dog people. Great. Speaking of dog people, I bet you Lori Lightfoot's a dog person. Let's get a little bit from Lori Lightfoot as we start the morning, the mayor of Chicago. Let's see what she's up to.
That's Lori Lightfoot. There you go. Uh, I don't know why we showed that. I just thought maybe we needed to see a little bit of Lori Lightfoot. Michelle Tafoya is going to join us. The Guns Show, baby. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Mike Gunzelman has been a recent addition to the Outkick.com familia, and he's been awesome. He wrote an article about now that the election laws in Georgia have been upheld, hey, how about the Major League Baseball apologize for being overreactive, woke maniacs and taking the All-Star game out of Atlanta. Uh, the world is insane. Doc Rivers is nervous because we say America first. That dude's only made a bazillion dollars. And b- since I was in high school, and he was a year or two older than me, um, uh, he's been in the public eye and glorified. But, yeah, he's mad because that's what we have to be. But let's go to the news of the day. Aaron Judge. Let's hear a little audio on Aaron Judge, baby. Here's the 1-1. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. This is Judgment Day. Case closed. Oh, Judgment Day. I feel you, John Sterling. See, when you're on the radio, you make that kind of call. I'm so happy for Aaron Judge. I feel like he's the best role model in sports. He and Steph Curry. I just saw this courtesy of ESPN Sports Center. Aaron Judge is number 99. The number of home runs, 62. The Yankees record, 99 and 62. That's pretty good. All right, let's hear from Roger, or let's look at what Roger Maris Jr., son of Roger Maris, obviously, tweeted out last night. Aaron Judge is the new clean home run king. All the young kids who watch Aaron Judge set the single-season record for home runs, you finally have someone to revere. No more trying to explain to you how someone could possibly hit 73 home runs. I like it, Roger Maris Jr. I like it a lot. Hey, man, blood thicker than water. Blood, blood, and more blood is the father in uh, Roger Maris Jr.'s mind was had his record broken by someone clean. That's awesome. I don't know whether Aaron Judge is clean. I'll say this. If Aaron Judge is not clean, I may actually cry. No, I won't. I won't care. But I may actually go, oh, come on. There's nobody in this world that I can trust anymore. Serious business. If Aaron Judge is not clean, I got serious problems because I believe he's the best role model in sports. Steph Curry, Aaron Judge, and then pick somebody. I don't care. But that's how I look at it. Now, congratulations, Aaron Judge. Congratulations to my producer, 107.5, the fan Jimmy Cook at the J. Cook, because he is the biggest Yankee fan that I know. Used to be my father. But uh, he wears a Judge jersey or a Stanton jersey or a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Their whole family loves the Cleveland 
or the Kansas City Chiefs. But Aaron Judge got it done last night, and I'm very happy about it. Very, very happy about it. It'll be interesting to see moving forward how much criticism Roger Maris Jr. gets for putting that out because that's what clowns do, right? Clowns criticize men like Roger Maris Jr. Media is going to criticize Roger Maris Jr. Folks are going to criticize Roger Maris Jr., but good for Roger Maris Jr. Class act, showing up at ball games and sending that tweet out, and he ain't wrong, at least as we know it right now. Speaking of drama... Speaking of things uh, opposite of Judge, see, things in Aaron Judge and the Yankees' world that happened last night are fairly important. I mean, in the whole scheme of sports, they're very important. This next story is only important to the families of each, Giselle and Tommy B. Giselle and Tommy B are loading up, man. They're getting divorce attorneys. Yeah, they are. Giselle apparently has one. Tommy B says, I'm not sure what to do. This could be a high-powered, high-stakes divorce, and I don't get it. I don't. Look, here's the deal. I always say this, and I'm curious if you agree with this. What happens behind closed doors in someone's house is, number one, none of my business, unless it involves criminal activity. I mean, if we got a crack house going down, you know, down the block and kids are being sold weed to or cracked to or whatever to, then I want to know and we want it shut down if something nefarious is happening. But we also never know what's going on behind closed doors. When I look at Giselle and Tommy B, I say to myself, this is a happy couple. This is a couple that is thriving in the limelight. This is as if Derek Jeter got married. But we also know the background on Tommy B. Tommy B left his girlfriend, fiance, whatever she was, Bridget Moynihan, when she was knocked up when she was pregnant. She was a little preggers, and Tommy B, uh-uh, he left her, went over to Giselle. So it's not like Tommy B is this angel. So I don't know what happened. I don't care what happened. If one cheated, that makes the story more salacious, but I don't care. What I do care about is this. I care about football. I like watching football. And I made a prediction based on this and other things that the Tampa Bay Bucks would not make the playoffs. Well, I got to tell you, I like when my predictions come true. Two and two, tough schedule. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm going to be proven to be wrong. Unless Tommy B and Giselle go through hard times. I've been divorced. I don't wish divorce on anybody. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I don't wish divorce on anybody, particularly the kids. I mean, for me, uh, divorce was a really good thing only because I found the woman that I, well, I think is the love of my life. I have a great relationship with my ex-wife and my children. I personally, for me, uh, they lived with me when we went through the divorce. So I have an even stronger relationship with my kids. I don't know, but the good Lord has blessed me. But divorce is hard. And I remember the day my ex-wife told me that she wanted a divorce. My kids have said they've only seen me cry once and that was it. So whether that's good, bad, happy, or sad, I don't know. But uh, I don't like divorce. They're both getting lawyers. We'll see what happens. All right, here's a weird stat. You want a weird stat? Tom Brady's lost two games in a row. Lost two in a row. I'll give you a weird stat. Tom Brady has not lost three football games in a row since 2002. 
Now, I look at 2002, and I don't think it's that long ago. Hell, it was a pretty good year. Bowling Green went 24-6 and six under my watch. I took the head coaching job at West Virginia for about eight days. Uh, in my world, I stood up. Guy, president, threatened to destroy my wife and I. I told him to stick it. Lost about $3.5 million to go back to a job that paid about $100,000, but I don't care. Sometimes you got to do things right. 2002 was a good year. I didn't even realize Tom Brady was playing in 2002. That's 20 years ago. Good for Tom Brady, but he has not lost three games since 2002. And I got to tell you, I don't know. When you read of divorce and you read of these things, let me ask you a question. Do you think he's tough enough? And it's not even tough enough. No, that's the wrong word. It's just simply, do you think he can separate divorce and all that he's going through and play football well? I pretty much think he can, but I also got to tell you, man, that ain't easy. I mean, people can say what they want. Oh, suck it up, buttercup. My family motto is sack up, but that ain't easy. Now, Atlanta comes into Tampa Bay. And Atlanta actually got the best of getting rid, sending Matt Ryan to our place, Indianapolis, and picking up Marcus Mariota. At least Atlanta's two and two, but they got to go to Tampa. I think, I think Tampa Bay should win. I think, but I got to tell you, as we sit here right now and you're a gambler or you're a Tampa Bay fan, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, man, he can put this aside because make no bones about it. It does look like Tom Brady does not want a divorce. It look, I don't know. I have no idea. But it does look that way. And as the guy that did not ask for the divorce, when the divorce hits you, that's kind of hard. I mean, all I had to do was go on the air and talk smack for three hours. He's got to go prepare for a football game. That's not going to be easy. I'm fascinated to see what happens here, but I'm even more fascinated by that statistic right there. I mean, come on. (sighs) Maybe losing three games in the NFL is difficult. I don't know. Man, but I got to tell you, that's a hell of a stat. No, that's a big-time stat. All right, let me get into some other things. The NBA is starting. I got to tell you this. Right now on my TV is NOP. I assume that's the New Orleans Pelicans against the Bulls. I grew up being the number one Bulls fan in the world. No, not Michael Jordan Bulls. Chet Walker, Bob Love, Norm Van Leer, Jerry Sloan, Clifford Ray, Tom Borwinkle, Jack Marin, Dick Weiss. I mean, stop it. Don't insult me with the Bulls stuff with Michael Jordan. Yes, those guys were great. Yes, they were fun. But I got to tell you something. I'm not that interested. I want to be interested. I understand that people are going to come here for all of my takes relative to the Bulls, or not the Bulls, relative to basketball. I get it. I do. But I ain't that interested. But I will say this. Let's preview just for a minute. There is a, um, what's the right word? There is a preview done by every swing and you know what, in the media. Like every guy gives his NBA preview and they're always wrong, but they never tell you how wrong they were. I like the general managers. 
preview. General managers seem to know a little bit, and they get to do it. They get to do it a little bit anonymously. So if you want a preview for the NBA, I go to the general manager's survey. The general manager's survey says the Milwaukee Bucks, 43% of them, should win the NBA title. Let me ask you a question. Name three guys on the buck. Giannis Middleton, who's your third? Who's your third? Second, the Golden State Warriors. They got 25%. Now, me personally, I'm not betting against the Warriors. I'm not doing that. Are you kidding me? The Warriors have overcome so much, and they're the only team worth watching, my opinion. Your opinion may differ. You may say, oh, my God, I can't believe you don't want to watch Zion Williamson. I mean, until he gets, you know, fat and breaks down, I don't know. I like the ball moving. I like Steph Curry. Again, Steph Curry, Aaron Judge, the best, the best role models in basketball. They are, I'm sorry, or in sports, excuse me. Number three, the Clippers. Yeah, okay, pull this. You know what we do here. Pull this, it plays jingle bells. All you got to do to the Clippers is get them in a game seven and that fraud Paul George will go two for 26. And then next, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, okay. Maybe I shouldn't have listened to general managers. Maybe I should just listen to myself and tell you exactly what's going to happen, and that's going to be this. The Lakers are going to be really good. The Clippers will be okay, but crap the bed, and the Warriors are fun to watch. On the other side, it's boring. I don't know. (laughs) That's what I got for you. Uh, Luka. Luka Doncic. My... Jokic, Doncic, Dokic, we're all in the same vein. We're all legends in the itch community. Luka Doncic got 49%, not 48%, excuse me. Now, look, here's the deal. To be the MVP, I think, and I don't think he will, but I think it all matters how fat he comes into camp. That dude can bulk up. Look, you get us Serbians drinking Shlivovitz, you give us a free run at some money and some time, this used to be 220 This is 250, and I remember the day it happened at ESPN, walking back from the Cadillac Ranch, the bar right across the street there, right across the parking lot. I went in, and I got a bunch of stuff. I got Oreos, white chocolate pretzels. I got a can of Pringles. I got some Suzy Q's. I had it all, and I woke up in the bed in just wrappers, and I let it go, and now I got this. All right, so if Doncic is in shape, Okay, I get it. He may win the MVP. Giannis was second at 34. New U.S. citizen, salute to you, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid third at 14 and Steph Curry at three. I'll take Steph Curry. I'll take action on Steph Curry or Giannis today, tomorrow, the next day. How about Jokic did not even receive a vote? Uh, Listen to this. There are three players in the history of the NBA – to win the MVP three years in a row. Can you name them? Nope, not Michael Jordan. Nope, not Magic Johnson. Nope, not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Larry Bird, good job. You're right. Wilt Chamberlain, good job. You got it. And there's a third. He recently passed away. Yes, very good. Bill Russell. See, oftentimes I talk to myself... And as long as you don't answer, isn't that the dumbass thing that people say? As long as you don't answer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I do talk to myself, and I was talking to you, Jennifer El Presidente. 
Joe to the C and all the rest, uh, Ryan Mueller, on the YouTube channel. I was talking to all of you. Uh, best overall moves in the offseason? Cleveland Cavaliers, blah, 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 blah. Which player is going to have the biggest impact with a new team? Donovan Mitchell, I'll buy that. I think he's really good. He's a lot of fun. Rudy Gobert, okay, I'll buy that. Don't know where he is, but I like him. Jalen Brunson went over to the uh, Knicks. Good for him. He'll have a nice career. And P.J. Tucker, don't know. Uh, Rookie of the year, Paolo Banchero got the most votes. Second, Keegan Bradley, or Keegan Murray, not Keegan Bradley. He's a golfer. And third, Jabari Smith. So, or Jabari, yeah, Jabari Smith, the kid out of Alabama or Auburn that can shoot jump shots. Uh, Yeah, okay, good. I can't get into it. All they do is shoot jump shots. Every game is the same. I'll watch Steph Curry. You tell me what else is happening. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, shifting the subject, did you know our genius president? I'm going to give you a number here. And I want to tell, I want you to tell me what you think. All right? $16.9 billion. Do you know what $16.9 billion is? There it is, right there. Since January, your beloved president, the great uniter, the man who is going to, I don't know what he said he was going to do, but whatever he said he was going to do, you know, $16.9 billion to the most corrupt country in the world, Ukraine. $16.9 $16.9 billion could do a lot of good stuff around here. Probably get a wall up. Probably get a door on the wall. I don't know. Could probably do that. But $16.9 billion weapons is what we have sent. Another 625 as it says right there, is shipping over to the Ukraine as we speak. Now, I don't know what to tell you about it other than it seems absurd to me. Does it not to you? I don't know. Maybe, and I always say this, there's always a backstory. I'm sitting here in Indianapolis. You're sitting wherever you're sitting. And I don't know the full story. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I wish I did. I'd like to. Uh, I guarantee you the full story is something really stupid because you cannot name one single thing. All right. I want to get into this. An Inflation Reduction Act is what people that support this clown of a president uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Hey, Dan, don't you understand? He passed the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, that's awesome. Yay, rock. Go fight, win. Inflation keeps going up. I, I mean, I, hey, look, I passed the Dan Has Hair Act. Yeah, that's right. I have hair. Yeah. Don't you know, Dan, the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay. All right. Whatever. It is what it is. But (laughs) it hasn't reduced it. I would say $625 million could probably go a long way. Not solving our problems. And look, I don't want government to solve our problems. Get off your ass. Go to work. I was telling Lee the other day, I'm 60 years old. I'm working three jobs. What am I doing? A fourth, if I decide, well, if you had Cameo videos, that's four. And if you had uh, DoorDash, and that's five. I'm working five jobs around this hizzy. 
<laughs> oh, man, this, I, you know, people are idiotic. I mean, I don't know. Um, there's always a backstory. I'm going to give them the credit here. If there's a backstory, there's a backstory. But check this out. This is uh, a high school team, a California high school team, that decided to have a slave auction with its African-American teammates. Uh, this is so stupid, I can't even tell you. Go ahead. I, look, I, I don't know. I, look, I, I don't know. Uh, the only thing that I know is that you're an idiot. Uh, that's it. And so the high school has decided that we're going to uh, cancel the high school. They're having a fake slave auction. River Valley High School in California acted out a slave auction on their black teammates. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I honestly don't know what to tell you other than good for the high school for canceling these idiots' season. What these guys should do on Friday nights is go learn a little history, all of them. All of them. I don't mean some of them. I mean the entire group. And their parents should sit in there too. Like, I don't always blame parents. I'm not the guy that always says, hey, look, uh, your kid acts like a dumbass. It's your fault as a parent. Because I understand it. I do. I, I get kids are kids. They get into high school. Um, they called it unfortunate and extremely distressing incident. Reacting a slave sale as a prank tells us that we have a great deal of work to do with our students so that they can distinguish between intent and impact. They may have thought this skit was funny, but it's not. It's unacceptable and requires us to look honestly and deeply at the issues of systematic slavery. Well, I think they just need to be taught. Um, I, 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 I think that there needs to be some education. I got to tell you, there were a lot of things I thought about doing in high school, and I went to a high school that had black kids, white kids, Hispanic kids. I mean, look, but I, I got to tell you, um, I never thought of having a slave auction. I never thought, I mean, where do you come up with that? There were, you know, there were things that happened in high school, not our high school, at rival high schools, guys would indoctrinate people. I'm like, what are you doing? I got in a fight once, punched a kid in the face in the middle of class because he kind of embarrassed me, called me some stuff that he didn't need to. So I walked to the back, he walked on me, he's a big old football player, and knocked him out. Felt bad about that. I mean, that's not great, but I mean, what are we doing? The answer is we're acting like idiots. That's the answer. So good for that high school. They should cancel the season. On Friday nights, we're supposed to have a football game. Mandatory if you want to graduate. You're going to be in an auditorium. We're going to bring in people that are going to teach you dummies exactly what the hell you are about. Man, I saw that, and I shook my head. I actually scratched. Remember... If I'm going to be like Joe Biden, I got a full head of hair here. It doesn't matter. Media and Joe Biden, it doesn't matter what I look like, or it is. It matters what I tell you. Anyway, I'm, I'm really looking forward to our next guest, Mike Gunzelman. Gun show, baby! G-U-N-Z. He's going to join us. He's got a great article. I got a lot of great articles, um, one of which is about authentic, authenticating the baseball that you catch from Aaron Judge. But another one is, where's Major League Baseball's apology? Man, is he right? We'll get into that when we come back. Stay right here. Retweet the show. Don't be a dummy. Just retweet it. Sean Black, retweet it.
Mueller, I see you. Jennifer, retweet it. Now, man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Don't at me, people. Don't even think about adding me. We give you the best, smartest guests, and this is my, it's my honor to have the gun show, baby. Mike Gunzelman <laughs> joins us. He, he is one of our What's studs. What's going on? <laughs> And I don't, I don't know if you all know this, and it's been in the news all the time, but Outkick, uh, the website, is get, approaching 200,000, by the way, followers on oh. Twitter, and it quadrupled, not one, not two, not three, but four times in September. And Mike is one of the main reasons. I'm getting right into this. You wrote an article, basically, yeah. not basically, saying, all right, all right, Georgia, your election laws have been upheld. All right, Major League Baseball, how about a little something-something for the city of Atlanta for canceling the All-Star game? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, thank God my man Aaron Judge hit the uh, home run last night because I was furious throughout the day yesterday at uh, at Major League Baseball. We reached out to them. Of course, they are... Uh, you know, no word, no comment, couldn't hear anything back from them. But this is a major thing because we all remember it was, you know, just about a year ago that Major League Baseball came in and literally, this is just wild when you think about it. They literally stepped into local and state politics and took away the all-star game. One of the coveted, you know, biggest moments in baseball and the history of baseball, Major League Baseball comes in and just takes it away. And what's striking upon this is that, you know, we were coming out of the, you know, two years of being government mandated shutdowns and small businesses that have been around for 50, 60, 100 years that had to shut down. Many of them, many of them were never able to ever reopen. But for those that were able to still stay alive, they were looking forward to this all-star game where you had hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, fans from all over the state, but people from all over the country. Plus think about like the after parties, the celebrations, the company parties, the, you know, the TV productions, all of that coming in that was going to be bringing money and financial relief to these businesses that maybe a couple months earlier, they were like, wow, you know, I don't know if I can hang on, but at least I have the all-star game happening. 
And then Major League Baseball came in, gave into the wokeness, into the woke crowd, and yanked it right away from them and screwed over these Atlanta small businesses and the people of Atlanta and the state of Georgia. And guess what? They were wrong. Because we found out on Friday, Dan, that an Obama, you can't make this up, gotta love this, an Obama-appointed judge ruled in favor of the Georgia election law. So it was all essentially for, like, it was all for nothing. And there's crickets, crickets from Major League Baseball or those that don't, or, you know, shuttered windows and can't open anything, you know, had to shut down because <laughs> they were relying on this. There's nothing from Major League Baseball. And this, this, this makes me so furious because it's, there's no accountability anymore, man. There's no accountability. If you're wrong, you have to like, no. you, you, you're screwed over these people and there's nothing. You can't, they just move on as if it never happened. Well, what do you say to the families and like the the the, the 100 year businesses that were there? What the, what, what's going on, man? You know, to your point, they just, the um, <clears throat> national championship college football game was in Indianapolis. And to your point, the average person that came in spent $217 a day. So the average person, I'm not talking about hotel rooms. I'm just talking about money spent in the city per day. So I'm there. My kid's there. My wife's there. That's three times 217. Now, Indianapolis cost of living, I'm just betting, is a little bit less than what it is in Atlanta. The number is astronomical what an all-star game would bring into a city like that. Yeah, th think about it, just from, you know, spending on the food and, and, and the drinks, but also, you know, you bring your kids, they're going to want merch. They're going to want it, you know, partake in the festivities. I mean, it's a whole, for those that have never been, think about it. I mean, it's a multi-day event that is geared towards children, but also, you know, but, you know to, <laughs> to be honest, so you have to spend money for a lot of those things. And all of that was taken away. And from the beginning, it was those that would actually just pay attention. And this goes to the larger issue where when you have these knee jerk reactions, giving into the blue check uh, brigade out there, the social media mob mentality, this is what's dangerous because they will throw as many spitballs as they possibly can at something, hoping that one of them sticks. And it's such a double standard because when proven wrong, there's no accountability. There's no apology for it. And even when, uh, Major League Baseball moved it from Georgia, okay, which obviously has you know plenty of, you know plenty of minorities and, and everything like that. They moved it to Denver. Well, just look at the, <laughs> you, you know what I mean for being all about voting rights and all this. Colorado also on some other aspects had even more restrictive voting rights than Georgia did. So from the beginning, it didn't make sense. And then a lot of us were took a step back and actually did research because I'm a big facts guy and that's what you should do. Oh, what? Who thought that the truth would matter? Huh? Well, it should. You look at the president who called out, you know, uh, when it reamed after Atlanta and Georgia. Look at Delaware, you know, home state of Joe Biden. His own Delaware has some of the most restrictive voting rights across the whole entire country. Where is he on Delaware? Silent. Where is the president now even saying anything about the fact that this Obama appointed judge overturned the, the, the law since 2018? And there is it, it, it is striking that the facts never made sense in the beginning, but also that a huge, huge 
a corporation, league, business, franchise, whatever you want to call it, Major League Baseball would give in because once you give in to these people and to this 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 this, this psychotic lunacy, you will never win because they will always want more. And that is the bigger part of this story is that when you give an inch, they want a mile and they will never be satisfied with you until you give over all ownership of yourself and your beliefs. And that is a a huge thing here. Major League Baseball looks like absolute fools here. I'm not surprised that they haven't given a, a, a statement to us or a response because they look like idiots. But I will say this, Dan, if we do get a statement, what I would, what I think might happen is because this was based on 2018 and obviously there's been more lawsuits and things that have happened since because you can just throw out, you know, lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit is I bet you they, you know, we call it in football, you know, move the goalposts back. They're going to move the pitching mound back and they're going to be like, oh, well, we weren't, this wasn't what we were upset about. We're upset about this just to save their own asses. Bottom line, they're going to keep moving it back because no, they will, nobody will ever admit that they're wrong. And all we want is the American people be straight, like be straight with me, be real. Okay. We all screw up from time to time. This was a colossal screw up though. Obviously. I mean, you screw, you, you ruin people's lives here and businesses all for just uh, because of a Twitter campaign and social media campaign, it seemed like. Um, but, but just be honest. Like, like, how do you like Manfred, where are you at? You know, where are you at? It's, it's crazy. It really is a crazy story. This isn't, this isn't, in a myriad of, I guess, bad looks or just a bad person, this makes Stacey Ad- Abrams look exactly like what Stacey Abrams should look like. Well, I, it's, it's funny because her group, who was the one that put this, so they, they immediately brought in this, uh, you know, challenged the, the, uh, the election law right after her 2018, right, right after she lost, okay? And uh, this is, you know, her group, when her voting rights group did this, but guess what? They've even said they released a statement over the weekend that they're not giving up. They're like, there's other ways to fight this besides just the legal process. Well, that almost sounds like a threat to me. Uh, I don't know what that means, but it just shows that they're never satisfied until they get their way. And yeah, it's not a good look for state, like for Stacey Abrams, obviously, but also on the flip side, like that cancel culture mentality, okay? It was all the rage last couple of years. You take a step back and you're just like, Listen, I'm not ever going to like excuse horrible, horrible, horrible behavior. I mean, all right, like there's things we all know logically that some people deserve to be in trouble for. Okay, but when it's when it's just almost a fabrication and an attacking and going after somebody and you know the social media because they'll ruin they'll ruin your family, they'll ruin your business, they'll ruin your personal lives. They can really ruin you, and it might sit on you know a throne of lies. You, you, you know, and and that's exactly what we've seen happen. And hopefully, based on decisions like this, that this Obama appointed judge just did, hopefully people will take a step back before they automatically just jump on this bandwagon and just start attacking and just wanting to ruin people and ruin lives. Just take a step back and realize that there are ulterior motives out there sometimes. And you're right. This doesn't look good for Stacey Amon or, or her or voting rights group, but on the, uh, but they're not going to stop. They've even said they're not going to stop. So who knows what's going to be next for them? God, I can only imagine. <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the things that I've always said, I, I have, I've always said, and this goes back, forever 
you never hear I was wrong. Like, you never hear. Like, like I, I was used to say, all right, you guys, you know, when I was coaching, I was a smart aleck, and, well, we're picking you six. All right, we came in first. Uh, any of you guys going to say you were wrong or we just bury that? You know, I mean, you never – to ask Major League Baseball to say, well, yeah, we, we, we kind of got – that is impossible to happen. Like, no, no – sports writers won't do it. Certainly, major sport leagues aren't going to do that. You know what I mean? It's just – yeah, Nobody I have. I, wrong. No, no, you're exactly right. I have a better chance of matching Aaron Judge at 62 home runs in the next couple <laughs> months. <know>. Out of <laughs> then, although maybe with the short porch with the Yankee Stadium, I might be able to. Let's go. But uh, but you're right. Nobody will um, ever admit that they're wrong. And it's uh, you know whether it's it's it, it's a fundamentally it, it's a fundamental part of society that we're losing. We are losing all control over it, whether it's the attack on the rule of law, whether it's the attack on traditionalism, but also it's you're right or you're wrong. And people just refuse to ever do that. Instead, they'll either make up excuses or they'll forget in the case of this that it ever even happened. Isn't it striking, Dan? I, I, I was shocked that I couldn't find anything really on this um, on the judge's ruling from Friday. There was really nothing no. out there about no. it. And for all the hysteria and, and the craze, remember they were going after Coca-Cola and Delta. They were all, you know, who are all headquartered there. They wanted everybody out of Georgia. And it's still happening in either other states or if you do business with certain people, then you're looked down upon. These corporations are just like, they, they don't know what to do. And it's easier to just give in, but they don't realize when you give in and you pander, that's all, to, you never win. You really don't ever win. So, I mean, I would say that they're in a, they're in a tough spot because you just have these people, like, you know, this cancel culture and this just like, just coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. But take a step back and actually do, you know, think about logically. Coca-Cola didn't move. Why did Major, why did Major League Baseball have to come in and pull the whole star game out? That was all just for optics. It was all for optics. And it was all... It was all it was all lie. And we found out that was all BS. Now, like I said, I truly believe that, you know, since this is all based on the 2018 law and there have been other things that have been added since and there are other lawsuits, et cetera. But this was kind of like the one. OK, this was like the main one that kind of just set it all down and other things trickled out from here. But the judge is already, um, you know, uh, is siding with the state here. Then this is a huge monumental decision that nobody has talked about except us really no you sit there and you hope you know if somebody says anything you don't answer and then it goes away and then you know i guess you you, players don't know they just know well yeah we showed them we moved the all-star game all right who's bryant junko junko Uh, (laughs) junko yeah so uh this is a wild story. So Brian Junko, this is this this got a lot of buzz. I'm happy about this, uh, but just how it got picked up because this was like my first one of my first articles I did for Outkick. But Brian Junko attended the Yankees Milwaukee Brewers game in in Milwaukee. Okay, Judge hit his 58th and 59th home run ball. This is a fascinating insight about what goes on when you grab a whether it's Tom Brady's football when it, you know, or, uh, you know, a home run ball, whatever it might be. And what goes on kind of behind the scenes, he gets the ball. Okay. And immediately the, uh, security MLB Yankee personnel, they all just swarm them. Okay. Somebody got it. 
next to Junko, Junko ends up buying it from that person for $1,500 because he's like, wow, this is going to be worth a lot. But Yankee security, MLB security offers the person with the ball four autographed baseballs and four autographed hats by Aaron Judge. That's worth maybe a couple grand at most. Junko knew that the 59th home run ball was the first from a right-handed major league batter because obviously Mantle and Maris were all 61. So he was for the American League right-handed batter. He was like, that's got to be worth something. So he gives the guy 1500 bucks uh, right there on the spot in front of the security and in personnel and everything. He's like, let me do this. The guy wasn't even an Aaron Judge fan. So he was like, the hell with this. I don't want an Aaron Judge autograph ball. He's like, just show me the money. He does that. <laughs> they pretty much, and you can envision this. You know, when you have this ball, these the, the personnel has to go, they have to retreat this ball. Because if they go back to, you know, to the fellows and they go back to the, the empty handed, they look like idiots. So they want that ball because that's their one job to retrieve this ball for judge. And they get, they got, by his account, angry and upset with them and stormed off without even offering it. Like they were just like, they knew they weren't going to get it from him. So they stormed off, but they didn't authenticate the ball. Junko has now gone to Major League Baseball. He's gone to their offices. He's gone to uh, Yankee Stadium. He's gone to the Brewers. He can't get the ball authenticated. They refuse to authenticate this ball, even though under a black light, and he shows us the photo. So I urge the viewers out there and the listeners to go and check out the, the article, the Outkick article, okay? Just search Aaron Judge 59th and guns and comes up. You see the numbers under a black light. It's really interesting, but they refuse to authenticate it. So he's got a ball that by, and we checked with multiple, multiple uh, like auction houses and sports memorabilia, it's worth around 25 to possibly $50,000. And they won't authenticate it for him because he did not give into the deal. And one thing that was tweeted all across last night, across social media, and a lot of it was based on this article that I wrote with Outkick. Social media was screaming, sports memorabilia collectors, all of them were screaming, get that ball authenticated before he leaves. Because the guy that caught the 62nd, because even if he didn't, if even if he doesn't take the deal, he still ne- he still needs to make sure MLB authenticates it because once he's out, he might run into the same problem that Junko does. Junko is sitting on something that might be worth twenty five grand, and MLB won't do it at all. It's cr- it's it's wild, but it's also it also it's a, it's a lesson. Yeah, like it. But you can understand. I mean, I had the person that caught Judge of 57th. He wrote me. He was like, they swarmed me. And he goes, you would not imagine. He's like, just these bodies are pressuring you against like the railing, telling you like, do this, take this, take this. Or, you know, like, what are you going to do with the ball without it? You're going to pay auction fees. You're going to do all this. Pressuring you to give up that memorabilia. It's hard to stand fast. And then if you do, you might turn out like Junko. And he's stuck right now. It's wild. Hey. How, how do you get it? How do you get it uh, authenticated at, at the at the arena? I mean, how do you do it? How do you get it done? What's the process? So there's so no matter what game there is, there's always two authenticators from Major League Baseball across all every single game at any single time. There's always two authenticators. So for example, what they do is a lot of times now they do like game used memorabilia. So there was a Mets game. I, I cite this in the in one of this in in the story. So a Mets game a couple of weeks earlier, somebody wanted was at a Mets game and wanted second base when they switched him out after the third inning. He was able to buy second base. It comes off the field from the umpire. The authenticators are right there. They put a, a like a, a, a like a sticker, a decal, almost like a, a USB or a Q, coded in. Boom, you have it, and then they they were able to buy it. Somebody else wanted Pete Alonso's uh, shin guard was able to buy it 
boom, right there. Like, so you're able to actually get these things. So the authenticators are there. Now, when it's an Aaron Judge home run chase, there's even more, you know what I mean? It's all eyes on what's happening. And that and they immediately go in and they're able to kind of check it either based on the numbers uh, or when it got to 60, 61, 62, there's a, a hidden a hidden relic, if you would, uh, covert marking that they're able to scan on the baseball itself because they use the special balls for judge. But it's, it's, um, it's, 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 you kind of feel bad for them, but I mean, I understand, like, if you know something's going to be worth more, sometimes maybe you just don't want to give it, like, like, no, it's like, I'm good. I don't need an autographed baseball hat. Like, I think I'll do better with this. Yeah. I can buy 50 baseball hats autographed if I get 25 grand, you know, 500 of them. Like, you, but you can understand on the flip side, we've all been in those situations where you feel just like the overarching, like, you feel pressured. And he didn't give in. And it's funny because 56, 57, 58, 60 all gave in. The only ball that they don't have is 59 because he didn't buy into it. So there's going to be like a whole wall of them and 59 is going to be missing because they won't authenticate it for him. It's wild. <laughs> so I go to I go to the Cubs-Pirates game in April. There's two authenticators at that game? Yeah, so I, I looked into it with Major League Baseball that there's always at least um, – authenticators on each side to be able to do just in case anything ever happens. But also a lot of it is for that game use memorabilia that you can buy right there on the spot. The best example is that when they switch out the bases, somebody wanted to buy a second base after the third inning was able to do it. So there's always at least an authenticator on staff. Also like, so, you know, when um, say like a, a rookie hits his first home run, they'll toss the ball back into the dugout and they kind of hold on to it, but the authenticator is right there near them that will then authenticate it and will like put the put the stamp on it. So whether it's like a rookie who wants his first home run ball back to say like, oh, I, I got my first infield hit to a, my first strikeout, all those things that we kind of don't always see on the big screen, that is, that's why they're always there because they just have, you never know what might happen. Somebody might end up, you know, 27 strikeouts in a row and they want the 27th ball. Yeah, so yeah, that's why they yeah. always have to be there on hand. So what it's, what, it's, what it's, is yeah. what is last night's ball worth? What what is sixty two or sixty one? <laughs> what what what's the worth of those things right now? So the, 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 what many are saying right now for sixty second is uh, is about two mil. Now the argument that's going to happen, I mean two mils two mil, and it was funny because the video he caught it fair and square. Although I don't know if you saw this, did you see the guy that jumped off the stands? <laughs> So it's, so the ball goes over. It's a viral video right now. We lost them to like the upside down world in Stranger Things. The guy jumps off and we've never heard from him again. But so this fan thought that the ball was going to ricochet. So he jumped into like the bullpen thinking it would ricochet down. Smart move yeah. if it did because he was right there. Instead, it landed like 10 seats up. So it was like, you know, and over. So we've never heard from that person again. But the, so the, as soon as he caught the ball, he was flanked by security, uh, you know, and, and brought somewhere to, uh, you know, to get it. But it's about worth right now $2 million. The argument, though, is, is it's will, will the value decrease if Judge continues to hit home runs? Mm. That's going to be Yeah, because you want to be the guy. Right. But, I, but because it you is the be record, but because it is 62nd, I think he'll still be all right. But others are like, well, what happens if he ends up with 65? Is the 65th one because that was the highest he ever went. Either way, he's going to, he, he did just fine. He's got more money than I do, which is why he's got a better haircut than I have. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, he can afford it better than I can. So, 
Well, I got to, so I saw the guy jump off and it reminds me, people always know Bill Buckner, when Henry Aaron hit 715, he was the left fielder. People don't know this. Tom House caught the ball, but you see Bill Buckner, he jumps up and tries to do a roll over the fence. I mean, every, I mean, that's like 1975 people knew these things. Tom House reached up in the bullpen and caught it. So when I saw that guy jump off, I thought, genius. Absolute yeah. genius, that guy. Perfect. Didn't happen for him, but maybe he broke his ankle. I don't care. Great move. Great L- move. Listen, you got to take one for the team and also for $2 million. Let's go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Two million dollars. Listen, I'll do a lot of things for $2 million. If I have to jump off the stadium and, uh, you know, but it, I do give him credit because it was a smart move. It just, uh, yeah, we just never have heard from this person again. So I have no idea where he ended yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it, it is, to, to your point, it is fascinating. It is fascinating yeah. that all of a sudden, man, people are just swarming you. And next thing you know, you got to make decisions, or not necessarily decisions, you got to turn, turn down high pressure people that I'm assuming look like cops. And, you know, like, like hey, I can oh, get a, a lot of them are do, right? A lot of them are former law enforcement. I mean, these are some big people coming up to you. And then you look at the the idiot, and I'm allowed to call him an idiot because I'm a Yankee fan. Um, the 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 kid, he's a college kid too, and college is so expensive. He caught sick the 60th home run here, at Yankee, uh, you know, from, from Judge, and he gave it up just so he could get like I think it's like an autograph bat, an autograph ball, and to take a a, a photo with Judge. Like, dude, what do you do? Like, it, like. I argue in the outkick piece that Major League Baseball has showed us that they consider it a business. We just had a lockout, you know, it's, it's this year, okay? Not saying the players don't care about the sport. I mean, they're, you know, sacrificing their lives, like, you know, years of their lives and practice all day. So I understand the passion is still there, but it's still a business. So why can't the fan make a business decision in return? Like, why not? Major League Baseball has shown these sports leagues have, have shown us that it's all a lot. It's all, a lot of times just about the money besides, you know, the fun of the game. But why can't the fan? Why can't the fan make the right decision for himself, too? Or why is he looked down upon? Why is he looked down upon? Like, oh, you can't ask for money. You damn right. You can't. Aaron Judge is about to make 400 mil. The Yankees are plenty of like, like you. Yeah, you can. Okay, I, that's that's one thing I don't agree with. Like, oh, it's all for the love of the game or the whole. You're like, oh, you can't do that. Like, please spare me. Okay, a bat, a hat, and a and, and a selfie with Judge, and I'm going to give up something that was probably the 60 home run ball was 100,000 plus, and I'm a college kid, probably in debt forever. So what are you doing not handing it in? Like, that's a big. Hey, yeah, last thing before thing. I last thing before I let you go, and I think I know the answer to this. Guy catches the ball. Everybody sees it, right? I mean, it's on. But it still needs to be authenticated because people do bring ba- baseballs right. with them to games, right? So it's not as yeah. easy as that, hey, look, the video shows him catching the ball. Right. Yeah, so what they do is that there's a three-mark system. There's two that can be seen under the black light. And even in the piece that we have, you see the numbers under the black light. So they will match those up. And then the third thing is that it's a uh, covert marking um, uh, on the ball for the ju- for judge. That's why when they switched them out, they had this. That can only be seen by Major League Baseball technology. 
So it's almost like they scan it yeah. right there. Boom. That's the one they did with pool holes is a 700. They were able to authenticate it right there on the spot because boom, they know immediately. They know in less than 10 seconds, whether it's the right ball or not. All right. I figured, uh, yeah, because people say, well, you know, you see it on camera. It's automatic. No, Mike, great stuff, man. Thanks for the time. Appreciate that was it. Fun. Thanks again. Really fun. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate oh, it. Thanks. Okay, come back. Let's go. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, man, I, you know, it's a baseball. You you go get, you know, you go get it. Where you go. Um, th- my next guest I'm a huge fan. I've always been a huge fan. I've never met her, Michelle Tafoya, but I'm a massive fan. I always have been, but more so now for what uh, she did. And um, we'll get into that. Michelle Tafoya next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know, I admire Michelle Tafoya. I always have. Um, I enjoyed her work at ESPN or NBC, and she worked with a very good mutual friend, Mike Tirico, but I admire her more. She And I'm going to read this quote, Michelle, and you tell me, I assume this is accurate, although I don't believe anything that I read. Yeah. Um, I got to the point in my life where I wanted to try other things. There are some things that are really important to me. This is not to say that sports isn't an important field, that my job isn't important, but... In my position, I was not free, and this is what hit me, to be as vocal about world events that I'm concerned about. It's not because I was told to shut up. I want to be very clear. You're on a show like Sunday Night Football, number one show, prime time, 11 straight years. The last thing they want is controversy. I left ESPN College Basketball to join this because of the exact same reason. I saw or I see what's going on, and I wanted at least – to have a voice. How tough was that for you? Ah, from the time of 9-11, 2001, until the time I left, I really had so much to say and very few avenues in which to say it. And yes, that quote is absolutely accurate. NBC never told me to be quiet about things, but I think there was this inherent understanding that, like, like I said, number one show on television, Emmy award-winning show every year, and you don't want to court controversy. It was the most, I think it's the most valuable property on NBC, and you don't want to threaten that. So, you know, I didn't. I, I, I thought about starting a podcast several years back. It was suggested to me that maybe I should just wait. And so, I, you know, this this departure from the sports career, which has been unbelievably great, was planned for a long time because I've got kids. I care about this country so, so deeply. I don't know why that's hard for people to understand, but some people have a hard time understanding that. They think everything's just fine. I don't. And I I did. I needed to have a say. Uh, how do I put this right? If your views didn't lean conservative, would it have been easier for television, NBC, others to accept? 
I, I don't know. I, you know, I, that is the that's the the train of thought that most people have. That's sort of that unspoken understanding that, you know, because certainly we see it. I think we see it on ESPN a ton. You know, people love to lash out at uh, gender issues, um, race issues in a very left leaning leaning matter on that network. And they're fine with it. Um, you look at someone like Sage Steele, who's a conservative, and they're not so fine with it. So I think it's I, I think that's a very good example of <laughs> what's acceptable and what's not. You know, it, it, we're all into diversity until it comes to diversity of opinion and diversity of thought. And that's sort of where that diversity argument breaks down. I mean, I felt it. I, I, I mean, I didn't have views one way or the other, and I tried to keep them out. But I knew when it slipped on Twitter, I heard from ESPN. Uh, you know, and, I mean, I, I lived it. I mean, I, to- I totally get it. So you decide. Can, can, what, what's one? To get I'm into- just curious. What, what's one example of something that slipped that you heard about while you were on the air? I'm really curious. It wasn't on the air. It was during uh, a Republican debate. And I was commenting on it and I get a note. Well, I get a call from the guy who was running. Cause it, well, you don't need to do that. I go, well, oh. why not? They go, well, you know, you, you know, you just don't need to. And I thought to myself, <laughs> what if I want to, <laughs> I, I, I've seen people, I've seen people comment on the democratic side. I, I've seen that, you know, so I, I, it wasn't like I invented commenting on a debate on Twitter. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, they're like, yeah. And you know, we, we really don't want you to do that. I said, okay, I truthfully, I don't view Twitter as the end all be all. I just, you know, was commenting, but that would be, that would be one. It never really on air. Cause you're, when you're doing a game, as you well know, unless you're Bob Costas and you're going to make a political speech in the middle of it, you're pretty much commenting on the game, right? Yeah. And, and I think Bob would have uh, a different opinion about what he did. Uh, he was one. He was my very first guest on my new podcast, and we talked in depth about that. So uh, anyway, you know, I, I, I know I know that you're right, though, that what Bob did do at halftimes when he wrote an essay on, let's say, guns or something of that nature, that it received heavy blowback and Bob needed security on site. And he probably needed it anyway because he's Bob Costas after all. But yeah, that 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 didn't you know that that was an example for NBC of something that could happen that they just didn't want any more of. Yeah, I'm not saying Bob's right or wrong. I'm just saying he 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 spoke on issues that when you're yeah. broadcast when you're not the halftime, you're you're you know, you're trying to find out information on the sideline. I'm trying to analyze the back. You're not really getting into the political side of anything. You're just trying to call right. the game. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, whenever there was an issue like that, <laughs> Al and Chris in the production meeting before the game would kind of chuckle and say, well, we'll throw it down to Michelle for that. You know, if someone was in legal <laughs> trouble or if there was, you know, a Trump controversy and I, that we had to document, it was always let's go down to Michelle. <laughs> so I had the fun of, of that. But you're right. But I couldn't inject my own opinion, nor would I. The game's not about me. The report's not about me. None of this is about me or my feelings about the issue. And so that's what being a journalist is supposed to be. We've lost a lot of that. You know, I, it's really, that's, I think that's one of the toughest things, Dan, is, is just 
that mistrust in our institutions. Like if I go to research a topic these days and I Google something and I look at my options for which source to read, I think uh, I can't do that one because I know they're leaning. Oh, I shouldn't do that one because I know they lean the other way. Uh, maybe this. No, they don't. I don't trust that writer. You know, it's like, <laughs> where, where is objective journalism? It's it's all but disappeared. Michelle, I loved the news so much as a kid that I became the paper boy in my neighborhood so I could dictate I was a paper when girl. the newspaper. I did it too. <laughs> I did on my bike. I, I just wanted, yes, I had the bag. You know, su yeah. Sundays were a pain. Saturdays oh were great. God. The paper. Yeah. Right? Rain Wednesdays was the worst because you had to stick them in it the plastic terrible. bags. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I did it because I want. I, I read the. I mean, the Chicago Tribune, Mike Royko, the Chicago Sun Times. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, the Gary Post Tribune. Like, and I and I, you know I I used to watch either CNN, whatever, to put me to bed. You know, and, and <laughs> I'm with you. There isn't anywhere that you can go, uh, you know, that says, well, this is the truth. I just right. want the truth. Is that is the truth yeah. so hard? You just tell me the facts, just the facts, ma'am, and let me then make my own decision. But even some of the facts get distorted. They get suppressed, which is the suppression stuff is really, really concerning to me. You know, when you have a, a, a Twitter shut down a story that may not be politically in their best interests or to the best interests of their side. I hope that changes now if Elon Musk, if this deal actually goes through. But the suppression of stories, the suppression of facts, the the stuff that I mean, good Lord, just give us sunlight. Let us see the stuff. Let us decide. But I, I think there are just too many people in power that love their position of power that and I, I know that sounds nuts, but don't you feel like we're kind of living through a nutsy time right now? Let me go around with you. When you look at Twitter. OK, and you look at social media, how powerful, you know, people always say, well, it's not real life. I look at it like it's kind of powerful. I agree with you. It can be really powerful because it puts in front of you the headlines, the, the news. It depends on how you use it. And I think it's really up to the user more than the poster, if you will. So if I'm sitting there reading Twitter and I see a bunch of hate, mean tweets, initially when Twitter first came on the scene, I remember Susie Colber and I were the sideline reporters on Monday Night Football on ESPN at that time. And we were getting just obscene, obscene tweets. And I thought, this is this this is not this is fake. Like, we're getting... and so you have to now when I read a mean tweet, I giggle and I say, oh, it's probably a bot. And I and, I, and, and you've got to make up your own mind about how you're going to receive those tweets you also have to make up your own mind about what tweets you're going to give credence to, what you're going to read, what you want to. But there's no question it's powerful. You know, I, 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 we could all argue that Donald Trump won the presidency with a Twitter campaign. And, and we see people with millions and millions of followers be able to send out a thought and it goes to all these. But again, it, it's kind of democratic because if you're a Twitter user, you get to choose whom to follow. You're not forced to follow anyone and and it's totally your choice. But, you know, user beware, man, you got to you, you've got to 
make up your own mind about some of this stuff and 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 dig a little deeper. Don't just be that first level thinker that when someone tweets climate change is going to kill us in a year, you might want to do some research into that before you listen to something that histrionic. You know, you you are and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, you get criticized because you're pro-choice. Um, I'm not very smart, and I admit to that. But didn't this latest ruling put it in the state's hands? Did I miss something here? No, you did not miss anything. I think what people are so concerned about is some of the states have some draconian directions that they're going to go. And then Lindsey Graham comes out and says he wants a national ban on abortion after 15 weeks. Now, again, it's after 15 weeks. I think I think the majority of the country needs to get calm down a little bit and decide what do we really think is right? Because even though I'm pro-choice, I have exceptions to that. I don't think it's right to abort a child at eight months unless the mother's life is in danger. But then at eight months, wouldn't you try to save that child too, if you can? I mean, eight months, that's that's just as close to delivery time as, you know, there's a certain point. I, I have a good friend who does some volunteer work at a children's hospital and said, walking through the, ne- the neonatal, like that NICU, you know, ICU, for, for brand new babies that were delivered early because they just showed up early, like at five months. They're now full-grown walking human beings. They're adults. They're living in the world. And he said that really changed his mind about how he viewed this whole thing, that there is a point where, where this is a human, you know? And, and, and so... The other thing I find odd is that people who are super, super, you know, they're not just pro-choice, they're like pro-abortion. It almost seems like they don't think there's another mode of of birth control, and there are a million modes of birth control. But I still remain pro-choice. I think it should be up to the woman, but I also think there should be limits to when it happens. Like if you can't just all of a sudden decide at, at six, seven months along, you know what? this is really going to be more expensive than I thought or inconvenient, or uh, it turns out I'm having a boy. I do not want a boy. You know, there are those cases out there. So it, it's, um, it, it's, I, I just think that the discussion about it needs to have some intellectual honesty. Why does somebody, this always confuses me. Why, if I am pro life, pro choice, why does it have to be this way or that way? Why, why can't it be what you're discussing right now? Why can't it be a logical discussion based on fact? This is what frustrates me. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's such a good wedge issue on which to fundraise and run against your competitor, run against the other party. I'm convinced of this uh, on a number of issues. That if it really just gets to where everyone's happy about it, well, shoot, what's there to argue about then? Now, how am I supposed to fundraise? How am I, you know, what's, what's my wedge issue? Where do I go for my wedge issue? I need a wedge issue. And it is proven to be just an, I mean, we saw it. You could watch the polls from the day before the Dobbs decision to the week after the Dobbs decision. And suddenly people are freaking out that their, you know, choice was going to be taken away from them. And I would argue in most cases that's not true. And, of course, every Democratic politician jumped on this. Gavin Newsom put up billboards. Come to California. We'll give you abortions here. I mean, that's kind of weird. It's uh, but 
but but listen, I have seen yes. it. I know people. I know people, actual people who who posted things that it was sort of like you're, you've gone a little too far here. But this is the fear that this issue stokes. And I get it. I get it because I do understand how a woman, if she's finds herself pregnant when she didn't intend to be, it wants a choice. But again, at what point along the spectrum of time should you be allowed to make that choice where you're not now committing something that's a little more heinous than it would be if you committed it earlier in the pregnancy? I just think there's there's some, some you're right. There's a rational answer to this, but no one wants to get rational because it just doesn't get ratings and it doesn't make money. Let me extend that. Let, 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 let me extend that, you know, um, to other forms of politics. I call it divide and conquer. It's almost like if you want to win an election, um, and I, you know, I, I would argue that it's more the liberal side than the conservative side. You must cause chaos. Chaos wins. You're in, you're in a political campaign. You're doing work. How much is divide and conquer involved in a political campaign? Uh, you know, the candidate that I was supporting did not get the Republican endorsement in the state of Minnesota, and he still could have continued to run. But most of the candidates who were running for the Republican endorsement, which happened, I want to say, in May, um, they, they said, I'll live by the endorsement. So if the party endorses me, great. Well, the, that endorsement comes at a convention of people, uh, uh, this small group of Minnesotans who think that it's up to them to decide who the candidate is. I hate that. That whole process and the way that it played out was so disgusting to me and so politically dirty that I, I've, I've lost a lot of faith in the process. So, um, yeah, it get, it get, there's divisiveness, there's infighting. It's really kind of gross. And deep down, I'd love to help clean it up if I felt like I could. And I'm I'm sort of losing my faith that anyone can clean this up, you know, um, unless we go for term limits. And I wish we could. I think, you know, I, if we're ever going to get the term limits, I look, I see Biden speak. I see Nancy Pelosi yeah. speak. I mean, you can, I'm old, but damn, 80 something yeah. to be running the country based on, you know, I believe, now you can believe differently, most people do. I think the majority of these people don't give a rat's. I think they just like the power that they wield by the position yeah. that they have. Yeah. It's hard to disagree with you. It really is. It's, you know, when people say they have the best interest. Like, I remember when Nancy Pelosi announced she was going to be running again. She said, I'm doing it for the children, for the children, for the children. And yet so many of her policies have been not good for the children. Uh, you know, children were locked down for two years out of school in California. It, 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 that's not for the children. And, and you know, it, we knew better at the time. We all knew better at the time. And we still made poor yes. decisions because, because the teachers unions lobbied for that. Uh, that's a big one for me. The whole school choice issue, teachers unions, the power that they wield is absolutely despicable. Uh, it's not about the kids. It's about their positions of power. And it's and if you don't believe me, do a little more reading. Look at what the L.A. County School District wanted in order to go back to in-person learning. So little of it had to do with vaccines and masks. 
They just kept moving the goalposts. Well, if we can get masks, then we can get vaccines. Oh, if we can get vaccines, then we can get social justice initiatives. And if we can get social justice initiatives, then we can get climate stuff in there too. I mean, it, people need to do their homework and look at this stuff. You know, I'm curious your thought on this going through a political process. And I, I understand that, you know, you, you're, you're not part of the legislature, but whenever I see things like, well, this particular group didn't vote for this bill that seemingly is a great bill for the people, I always ask myself, how much crap, how much pork is in that bill? Absolutely. <laughs> you know I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's so funny. This is, they do this on purpose. Let's get a, a bill that says we love all puppies and all puppies should be deemed adorable. <laughs> but then let's add this pork over here that I get a new park in my neighborhood and you over there, you get um, solar panels imposed on people in this neighborhood. And, and there's all this other stuff. But then when you vote against it, someone against you is going to come out and say she voted against puppies. She voted against puppies, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. No, I, I, wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I, I voted against all the pork, not the puppies. And this is how it works. And people need to open their eyes so that when you hear someone accuse a politician of voting against voting rights or voting against funding the police or whatever, look at the other. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Uh, oh, yeah. Am I allowed to? Oh, yeah. Look at the other shit in yeah. the bill. <laughs> there's lots of it you know you you put a tweet out i i was just you know i was cyber stalking you uh, uh -oh. nikki nikki haley <laughs> nikki haley said congress has spent more than 411 billion on pork projects since 1991 now 91 seems like a long time ago for some mm -hmm. not to me but 411 billion on crap put in right. bills it isn't about the bill no and it's if if you forget whose money that is folks it, it it's yours right. go look at go look at your pay stubs look at all the money that was deducted from your paycheck understand when the government spends money it is not money that was you know just out of oh government money is separate we're the taxpayers that's our money. It's all <laughs> our money. Not some random government fund that appears out of nowhere. It's the money you pay in taxes is what they're spending. Care about what your money is being spent on. Please care. Have, I, I would do poorly in jail. I, I just would. <laughs> so I'm a, my wife is a rule follower. I'm a rule follower. I would not do well. But I got to tell you, the first time in my life, I thought, screw this. I'm not paying taxes no more. You ever think that way? <laughs> oh, gosh. How many of us think that way? There's no question. You people right. don't know what you're doing with my money. Why am I giving you my money right. to do all this bull crap that, uh, that has nothing to do with the benefit of our, you know, for the benefit of our country? It, it's like, you know, so, yeah, I, you know, I. I remember when Rush Limbaugh took incredible heat one time because the government asked, they said, we're going to donate to this fund and, you know, a hurricane, whatever relief, something relief. And Rush went on the air and said, I'm not going to because, you know, I, 
I, I, it's already we're already or it was a maybe it was a private fund that was he said I'm not going to because we're already donating a ton of money. The government do- donates that kind of money. So maybe it was the other way around that he didn't want to donate to some big private thing because, hey, my money's already coming out and being spent in that direction. He took so much heat for it. And it, yeah, the optics and the way that it sounded were terrible. But if you really broke it down and listened to what his argument was, he's basically saying, I pay so much in taxes and it's already the government's deciding to spend it on that. Why should I give additional charity? I, you know, it's <laughs> coming out of my paycheck. Right. It's like asking a college student that is already paying tuition to, to pay alumni dues. Right. I'm already uh, paying right. freaking tuition here. It, it, right. billion, 16.9 billion to the Ukraine since January. What are your thoughts? I have a tough time with this one. I really do. I remember when the war initially broke out that, that, that Russia invaded and we were seeing the pictures and it was so, shall I use the phrase top of mind? It was top of mind. Um, Joe Biden often, often has things top of mind. But anyway, it, it 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 was always in our living rooms and we were watching it and, and these innocent people were trying to protect themselves from this Russian invasion. Of course, we all hate Putin, right? So there's that side of it. And I've talked to people in the military, veterans, who are in favor of helping Ukraine. So, you know, but at the same time, I think to myself, what what are we doing for our country? Like, where's the money to, you know, help the border patrol? Where's the money for homeless and impoverished, you know, where's the money for, for, for our people? You know, when, when do the real needy in America get some of this investment, you know, and then we go and say, we're going to, you said student loan and this student loan debt forgiveness is a joke. It's an absolute farce. And I know it's going to court now. And I hope these people win. I, I just can't, I cannot see how when you sign your name on the dotted line and say, I am taking out a loan that I will pay back once I get my degree. And God knows I paid a ton of student loans. And now someone else, I'm going to pay for theirs too. Again, folks, it's not some random government fairyland fund that pays for this. It's your tax money. It's your money. So if you paid back your student loans or you didn't go to college because you couldn't afford it, and now you're being asked to foot the bill for these other students who put their li- name on the line and committed to that loan, and now you're paying for that? Insane. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. Guy ran <laughs> on the field the other day. <laughs> Guy runs on the field. He's got spray cans going. You're on the sideline. Number one, has that ever happened to you, and how do you handle that? We have had people run on the field during games that I've been at. And we, like, I think they did. All the footage you saw, I think, primarily was from people's, you know, iPhone cameras or whatever. Because, tech, you know, really what the the, the broadcaster wants to do is not give it attention. Otherwise, everyone's going to want to do this to get their 15 minutes of fame, get on television, etc. So we tend to ignore it unless there is something really worth documenting. In in this case, when Bobby Wagner trucked the guy, I would have tried to <laughs> make eye can- contact with Bobby and maybe have him say something to me. You're not supposed to quote a player from the sidelines when they're talking within their bench, but if he 
indicated something to me, I would find a way to translate that into the story. It, but again, it's whether or not the it it fits into the broadcast. Now, I, I I love that moment. I don't know who the other player was. I know Wags was one of them who took this guy down, <laughs> and I just loved it um, because you know this this isn't about you. This is a football game, and I love the way that these guys jumped in and helped. Man, I, I, I get a kick out of it. I, that, I'm going back 100 years. Got named Mike Curtis just with the Colts, just killed a dude that ran onto the field. But I also <laughs> love that, that Kevin Harlan describes it. I love the Kevin Harlan audio of when a guy's on the field. <laughs> That's when Kevin is at his best. That is when Kevin is at his best. You know, I grew up, grew up. I can't believe I just said that. I When I first got to Minneapolis-St. Paul, Kevin was the Timberwolves play-by-play announcer, and the Wolves were so bad. But what made it worth tuning into was Kevin Harlan because he'd just make fun of everything, and it was, it was a lot of fun. He's a character. What's next for you? What do you got going? Well, I've got this podcast, Sideline Sanity. You can find it wherever you download podcasts. That's what I'm doing. It's like, as you know, it's like growing a little small business out of your house. And it's it's fun. It offers me that freedom to talk about subjects I, that really matter to me, that are important to me. And sometimes just to vamp and yammer on and hear myself talk, which is probably not worth listening to. But it's it's a it's a great forum. I've had, as I mentioned, Bob Costas, Tony Dungy, Dr. Marty McCary, uh, Dave Rubin, Tyrus. I've had a, just a ton of people on that interest me whose voices I want to amplify and try to have sane conversations like this one, not, you know, sit there and yell and scream at each other. Um, so because I do feel, Dan, like we're living in this insane Alice in Wonderland era that I never saw coming. And it's, it's troubling. It's troubling. And it's, um, and like I said, I've got school kids. I see what's going on in the schools. It bothers me that our kids aren't really, learning the most important stuff and instead they're learning less important stuff that I don't know that necessarily prepares them. I I want kids to feel powerful when they go out into the world, not only with um, feeling like they can be an activist, but feeling like they're smart and prepared and ready for college or whatever they choose to do. I don't want kids running to safe spaces. I want kids to feel like I can handle the adversity that comes my way. I can handle disagreement. I can handle it civilly and politely. So I'm, you know, I'm also raising my two kids and this dog that we just got. So that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm loving being able to go to my kids events, which I really never have before in their lives because I've always been gone. Michelle, I, I, I raised, my kids are a little bit older but I got to ask you this, and, and as, as someone that has kids, um, why do we sexualize children so much? What, what, what is going on here where, I mean, I see drag shows. I see kids having to make gender decisions. I mean, why can't we just let kids be kids and they'll figure it out as they go along? I know. This is one of the most troubling things that's bubbling up right yes. now. And you watch it and you ask yourself, First of all, any teacher that says, Shh, don't tell the parents, but little oh. Jojo over there wants to be called Joanna. Don't tell the parents, though, because oh. this might cause strife at home. Are you kidding me? If I ever found out that a teacher was keeping something from me, the parent, anything, 
like that they're not doing well in class or that they decided to go by different pronouns or they're being a bully. If someone didn't tell me that, I would yank my kid out of that school so fast. Parents are the people raising these kids. And for some reason, and, and this is the, the silver lining of the pandemic, right? We've we got to look into behind the curtain of what's going on in some of these classrooms. We don't like what we're seeing. And some of it is this, that this gender bender stuff is being brought in really early, like kindergarten. I, I, I think back to kindergarten, I remember finger painting and learn, starting to learn your alphabet and your words and your, you know, you played on the playground and my teacher was Mrs. Davidson and we did all kinds of interesting projects and we'd cut potatoes and make these paint stamps with them, you know, and learn about shapes. So uh, this, this stuff about gender, sexual identity, race, divisive stuff that slices and dices our kids into these little groups is going to, if, if, if this doesn't get checked, it's going to ruin us as a society. It is going to ruin us. It, uh, last, last thing. You mentioned Coach Dungey. He, he, uh, he was on our show a couple weeks ago. And oh, good. being here in Indianapolis, yeah, and, be, and being here in Indy, and I have a radio show here for 15 years. I've gotten to know Coach, and one of the things that I'm big on is the importance of fathers. So mm. I don't know, a few months ago, Tony Dungy talked about the incarceration rates without fathers, that kind of stuff, mm. and he just got blasted. And he I, finally came back and said, look, I'm just giving you what President Obama gave you, same stats. But because it's, his conservative views, he gets blasted, Michelle. It's, again, I credit him because I had him on my podcast, too, and we talked about that. This, this is a big thing for Tony, as you know. And yes, he, he, the fact that he's sticking to his words and he's staying with his values is something that's in short supply these days. That courage to stick to your values no matter what the mob is throwing at you. And I would venture to guess that that very angry, noisy mob was probably in the minority. Those numbers that he has are hard to overlook. And we see it again and again and again, right? We see these examples again and again. So um, this is what I'm talking about with the Twitter mob. You got to make a choice. How are you going to let them impact you? Because you're, you're part of this relationship. You send the tweet. Here comes the feedback. How do you stand up to it? Do you go run into a corner and say, never mind, I'm going to delete my Twitter account and never be heard from again, which is what this mob wants you to do so you'll shut up? Or are you going to say, have a good day. I stand by what I said. And don't let those people have that power over you. I, I encourage everyone to take, retake control of that, the power of your values and what you believe in and stand with it. Do not apologize for that. People who apologize take a step back. Then they know, ooh, let's get them to apologize more. And they take another step back. And before you know it, they're cowering in the corner. Don't do it. Love talking to you. Thanks for the time. I kept you way too long, and I apologize oh, it's for been that. Fun. Really it's been fun. It's been really fun to see you. And, and well, by the way, you. did you know that with- – uh, Real quick, I just my, – my funny Tony Dungy story – I met him when I first moved to Minnesota. He was the defense coordinator. I think he was the secondary coach before he became the DC for the Vikings. And he and I got to know each other and he did a show with me for a little while. And 
It turns out then I meet my husband and I tell Tony, you know, I'm getting married to this guy, Mark Vandersall. And he says, Bruce Vandersall's son? And I said, yeah. Well, Bruce Vandersall was his, the defensive coordinator of the University of Minnesota when Tony was quarterbacking there. And uh, we dug up this photo. We found a photo of Tony and his brother holding my son when he was about six years old. And <laughs> it's just a riot. So it's almost like uh, it's almost like family. I'm glad you came on your show. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's like he's the best guy out there. And by the way, you guys, uh, a friend of ours who we worked with at our radio station, Michael Grady, just became the play-by-play guy of the Timberwolves. So you have another yes. great guy, great guy. Yes, great guy. What is it? What is it about Indiana and Indianapolis? You guys produce some good ones. <sighs> yeah, present company excluded, but I'll thank oh. the others for that. Thanks. <laughs> Too hard on yourself, man. Michelle, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time. That was awesome. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, that was my pleasure. That's a legend. That's Michelle Tafoya right there. I, I, I kind of feel like we're kindred spirits. Like you're sitting there doing sports and, you know, people make fun of me and they say, well, you left ESPN doing, like, okay, but this is more fun. You get to talk about real stuff. Man, stop sexualizing kids in schools. That's starting to drive me nuts. We have a what the hell Wednesday. You're not going to believe some of the stuff that goes on around the world, and uh, including, I don't know, but there is a literally insane soccer coach in Texas. And when I say insane, you will not believe what this woman was doing. And finally, her players stood up and said, get the hell out of here. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. This show just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And it is Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is time for What the Hell Wednesday. Listen to this story. New York. New York. A man decided that he was going to outsmart a New York gun buyback program, a man identified as only Ken Kern printed. He said, I printed three, I 3d printed a bunch of lower receivers and frames for different kinds of firearms and made $21,000 in gift cards. Guy says it ended uh, with the guy and the lady from the budget office coming around with the 50 or 42 gift cards. He counted them out in front. He got $21,000. Can we show the picture of the gun? He then said it was $21,000 in $500 gift cards. 42 gift cards totaling $21,000. He said the 
Attorney General's office makes a big deal about how this gun buyback program is, you know, really going to fight crime. Uh, Utica is where this was in. He said, I am sure handing over $21,000 in gift cards to some punk kid after getting a bunch of plastic junk was a rousing success. Gun buybacks are a fantastic way of showing, number one, that your policies don't work, and number two, you're creating perverse demand. You're causing people to show up to these events, and they don't actually reduce crime. Uh, The New York Attorney General's office did not immediately respond to Fox News, but they did comment to a local TV station that it is shameful that this individual exploited a program that has successfully taken thousands of guns off the streets to protect our communities from gun violence. They've recovered more than 3,500 guns, and one individual's greedy behavior won't tarnish our work to promote safety. Good for them, man. Fight back. That's right. Fight back. Don't take no crap. Fight back when Pete... And put the guy in jail. I don't care. Heck, I think you should. I think the guy should go to jail. You can't do that. Stop it, stupid. That's just wrong. I mean, it's cute. It's a good story. It's a what-the-hell story. But what are you going to do? All right, you got to listen to this. I don't don't know. Uh, The one thing that I will tell you is there are some wild coaches out there. Now, I was kind of a wild coach. Like, I'd yell and scream and cuss and all that stuff. But this lady is an interesting cat. Carla Tejas, coach at University of Texas Permian Basin. All right, you see it placed on administrative leave after a series of allegations from an anonymous group of players from illegal contact, NCAA infractions, to inappropriate behavior. Let me go this route with you. You know what the inappropriate behavior was? Apparently, asking players for bail... She got arrested for a DUI, and she asked her players to bail her out, which, hey, look, somebody's got to bail you out. It might as well be your players. Why is that so bad? This is the good one. Making out slash kissing members of the men's soccer team in public. In public. So, look, I'm not mad at you for asking, you know, your players to injure an opponent, which is apparently what she does. I'm not mad at you for making out with players. I mean, what the hell? What woman's soccer coach doesn't want to make out with players on the other team or what men's soccer coach? What are we doing? I can't even say that was a straight face. I read this and I said, wait a second. All right. Allegations. Arrested for DUI in September, asking her players to pay her bail. uh, kissing members of the men's soccer team in public, giving alcohol to players, getting a red card in a game, then sneaking back into the stadium in disguise to coach by a walkie-talkie. Oh, shut up, players. I got kicked out at Virginia Tech. I snuck back in. I don't want to hear it. And injured. Use emotionally abusive tactics like the silent treatment. Plays favorites and only invites her favorites to her house to watch film. Now, this is all silly. Now, this is a good one. Ask players for rides when she's drunk. I don't care. That, you know, my wife will tell you, men, women, you playing favorites. This is interesting. Encourages her players to cheat on their schoolwork, emphasizing soccer comes first. 
I wonder if this is true. Had a player suffer a stroke but didn't reach out to her for days. Of course, makes comments on women's weights. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it's crap. But, man, you're just going to go make out. Like, what's the scenario where you're sitting there? Is it kissing or making out? Is it walking up to a player, kissing him on the cheek? I don't know. I'm telling you, man, coaching is tough. I don't. Now, you guys do, but I don't. I don't believe everything I read about coaches. My wife and I read these things. What is verbal abuse? What is not verbal abuse to me may be verbal abuse to you. Bah. All right, this is amazing. This is truly astounding. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear me right here. There have been, and I said this on my morning or afternoon show, there have been 373 games involving FBS football teams this season. I want you to listen to how good Vegas is right here. You ready? The over-under record for a 373 games is 180 180 and seven. Think about how good Vegas is. Over under 373 games. That's how many games there have been. 180 wins, 180 losses, seven ties. You know what? That, ladies and gentlemen, is how Vegas gets fat right there. Because you got to pay the Vig, you got to pay the juice. I'm just telling you. That's how Vegas gets fat, and that is a remarkable, remarkable story. I mean, remarkable. Wow. I mean, my goodness. What a freaking unbelievable time that was, or thing is. I just read Michelle Tafoya's tweet to me, and I'm very excited because I think she's awesome. All right, let's discuss further. A shipment of baby wipes, which a friend of mine just sent me because I may have had an issue on the golf course, um, turns out to be $11.8 million worth of cocaine. The coca plant. All right. So we're going to get some baby wipes up the dockage up there. But, hey, they found more than 1,500 pounds the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Officers. They were seized at the Laredo, Colombia, Solidary International Bridge. The bridge is located on the U.S.-Mexican border connecting Laredo, Texas, over the Rio Grande with the Mexican state of Nuevo Leon. They stopped a tractor-trailer bringing in a shipment of baby wipes for a secondary inspection. Following the inspection, drug-sniffing dogs made the discovery of what they described as 1,935 packages of cocaine, totaling 1,532 pounds. It is colossal, record-setting seizure, largest cocaine bust in 20 years. The Laredo Port of Entry seizes over 1,500 pounds of cocaine from transnational criminal organizations. Yeah, now that's good work. I don't care how political that is or how political that isn't. Doesn't matter. Good work. Very good work. Yeah. I was going to bring my baby wipes down here. I can see where you slide cocaine in there. My buddy Todd Stoner said, hey, you might need these. All right, get ready for this. LeGarrette Blount, what is it about youth football? 
that makes people go crazy. I mean crazy. LeGarrette Blunt, former NFL guy, says he is sorry. Do we have the video of it? He is sorry for throwing punches at a youth football game. My man ran across the field to get at the coaches. And then in the video, there, here it is. He's running across the field. And then he's yelling. Guys come at him. That woman right there pushing him, she's out of her freaking mind. She's a complete idiot. She starts MFing. You'd think she's a little gang-banging dude. Like, what are you doing here? So the Garrett Blunt, who famously knocked the guy out at Boise State, and it was a pretty good pro, particularly when he went over with, uh, with the fellas over at New England. I mean, he's throwing hands. Some idiot lady is coming up on people. This is a complete mess. What is it about the youth football game and the coaches? Remember that Aqib Talib's brother murdered somebody on the field in front of all these kids? You NFL guys are nuts. It only takes two. Some point hands are going to be thrown in here if they haven't already. At some point, this this uh, young woman's going to walk up on her like she's some tough ass gang banging dude. Man, the world is nuts. It is absolutely in freaking sane. Uh, youth football makes people nuts. I remember a few years ago where they had a special on gambling. Yeah, that woman right there was walking. What? What? Jesus. Do yourself a favor. Don't drink before you go to a youth football game. A lot of you are drinking before you go to the youth football. There she is, that idiot in the middle. Look at this. They got to be separated at a youth football game. Man, he said something to me. Yeah, really? I can't believe it. He did? Wow. Can you imagine? He said something. Go get him. There he is. There's LeGarrette. He's throwing hands. Yeah. Go get him, champ. I'm sorry for my role. All right. You're sorry for your role. Look at it. Here we go. Oh, there's a throw. Yeah. What are we doing? Jeez, 10-year-olds playing football. Would you have money on the game? Man, that coach ran a reverse late in the game. Look, I understand you coach basketball, you referee throws you out. That's fine. I mean, yeah, to coach football, maybe referee throws you out, but you got to throw hands. You got to have – I mean, everybody in that video that wasn't trying to hold people back is a complete idiot. Everybody fighting in that video is a complete fool. What are you doing? Oh, man, the world as we know it is nuts. Speaking of the world as we know it is nuts, let's check out who is, ladies and gentlemen, who is today's woke adult. I'm making it hard on the fellas. I'm going too fast. Yeah, I go too fast. My, my, my fault. See, I'm here in Indy. They're in the studio. And I'm like, hey, let's go. What are we doing? Dan, relax. Enjoy. Enjoy. Have a good time. Thank you, Michelle Tafoya. Had a blast talking with Dan Dockage. Thank you, Outkick. Michelle Tafoya is awesome. At Sideline Sanity. At Sideline Sanity is the name of her 
Uh, I'm a, oh, geez, listen to this. Yes, you need professional help. Why the hell do you have $170,000 in car loans? $350,000 should be enough. I love these market watches, by the way. I follow it because they, guys in there, girls in there make me feel good. Like, I'm looking. I don't think I'm wearing anything. Well, I guess this shirt I bought, I don't know. But you make 350k. That's a pretty good living. You're in the top one, one percent. Get rid of the 170 thousand dollars. I drive a car. True story. That has 170 thousand miles on it. I think it has maybe more than that. I don't care. What do I need a car to make me look good? Makes me look good right here. This my heart makes me look good. And 4,500 dollars in car loans. Hey, tomorrow we're going to have Babe Laufenberger join us. You guys that follow us from Indiana University, I don't know if you remember the Babe, but the Babe was a guy, what did I just do? The Babe was a guy that was the quarterback at Indiana. Uh, I was a freshman. He was a senior, and he was Babe Laufenberg, baby, and I was a pimply-faced freshman. I ran into him one time, and he was pretty cool to me. He was. He was very, very cool to me. So I like Babe Laufenberg. I do. He's going to join us. Uh, tomorrow. This show just keeps getting better and better. Let's check out what's going on over at the YouTube chat. Uh, Dan points to face, makes me look good. Yeah. A uh, lot of comments about Michelle Tafoya. I remember sitting there here at the first rounds of the NCAA tournament and watching her prepare, sh- with, with, ma- watching her prepare her smile. Yeah. The interview shows she's a real person who has similar views to most of the people that I know. Look, I'm a big fan of Michelle Tafoya. The interview definitely changed my opinion. Ryan D says, Michelle is a national treasure. I don't know why, but I have a feeling she, oh, geez, come on. You guys love, love, love Michelle Tafoya. Best interview in the last three months. Really? We've had some good interviews, John Datsman. We've had some really good interviews. Are you kidding me? I feel like every day this week, our guys have put us together, have put us on fantastic, fantastic interviews. I thought Armando was great yesterday. I thought Jay Feely was great yesterday. I thought Ditka was awesome. We made a ton of news with Ditka. Of course, Jonathan Hutton, fantastic. What are you guys, crazy? I think Michelle Tafoya is fantastic. And thanks for the follow, Michelle Tafoya. Yeah. Uh, We will continue. Hey, congratulations to Aaron Judge. I think it's awesome. I will continue to think it's awesome. I love, those of you that don't know me or don't know the show that well, I love records. Like, I go to every baseball game hoping, hoping that somebody throws a no-hitter, a perfect game, or hits four home runs. Four home runs was always the holy grail of home runs. Like, getting and hitting four home runs was the all-time record. I root for that every time I go to the ballpark. I do. Every time. Every time I go, I root for a record. Every basketball game, if a guy gets uh, 20 in the first quarter, I want him to get 80 or 100. It's just what I do. So watching Aaron Judge. And the last thing, why are you all complaining about the cut-ins during football games? Like, it's not like they just went to Aaron Judge. They cut in. Here's your football game. Here's Aaron Judge. 
I mean, what was the big deal? I do not understand that. You guys have confused me on that. It was like a national uproar. It was like you all saying, no, 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 no. I can't watch my football game because half of my screen. You guys have screens as big as your heads. You guys have screens. I got people that have like a screen, a screen, a screen. And I always ask, how did you do it? I got one screen. Then when they cut in, I'm all, I'm all good with it. I think it's fantastic. But people lost, and I'm being literal here, literally lost their minds because for like two and a half minutes or whatever, how long and a bat is, they actually cut into Aaron Judge. Oh, my God. I'm going to miss the cut-ins. Cut in every time he comes up. He, every time he's up, he has a chance to break his own record. Every time he comes up, he has a chance to enhance the, quote, clean record. It's great. We complain about the craziest things, and complaining about that is insane to me. It just is. I'm sorry, but it's just absolutely wackadoodle nuts that we complain about that, and I hope you all agree. Seriously. And oh, by the way, the Dodgers cost me a three-team parlay last night, and I am not happy. College fires professor after students complain that his class is too difficult. Why do we give power to 18 to 23-year-olds in any walk of life? Why are universities giving power to 18 to 20? Well, they pay the bills. Oh, shut up. Don't you want to be challenged anymore? That's the reason I love this show. We're challenged every day. Aaron and Ryan and, and Dylan. I mean, we, we, we're challenged to come up with a good product, to come up with something you all watch. Don't we want to be challenged? Are we so soft? I understand, though. Hey, look, I'm not taking that course too hard. I'm taking that one. Drosty, Rocks for Jocks, Indiana University. I'm taking that one. <laughs> you kidding me? All right, you can catch more of this, 107.5 The Fan this afternoon. Hope you do. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Get out and roll in the grass. We'll see you tomorrow.